0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this podcast, which is on living with diabetes and helpful CGM accessories. My name's Jan, and I'll be your host today, and I have Karen Crawford here with me. Karen has worked for Diabetes Victoria, coordinating health professional training programs for more than 12 years. Karen's a registered nurse, midwife, and credential diabetes educator, and a fellow of the Australian College of Nursing. She's also involved in the development and delivery of a variety of programs and resources for Diabetes Victoria and has presented at a number of national and international conferences on much of this work over the years. Finally, she's also Chair of the ADEA Course Accreditation and Standards of Practice Committee, which is responsible for the accreditation of postgraduate diabetes courses in Australia. She is also a member of the Australasian Paediatric Endocrine Group and is part of their diabetes subcommittee. Our learning objectives for this podcast are firstly, to learn about the features and capabilities of the Freestyle Libre 2. Secondly, to understand how to scan and capture glucose information from the sensor. Thirdly, to understand the difference between flash glucose and continuous glucose monitoring. And finally, to understand who qualifies for a Freestyle Libre 2 device on the NDSS subsidy. Hi, Karen. It's lovely to hear or talk to you again. How are you today?
1: Jan, it's great to be back with you for another podcast. And I'm very well, thank you. And from Wurundjeri lands here in Melbourne, it's good to be moving towards COVID normal.
0: I couldn't agree more, fingers crossed. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, today, we're, as I mentioned, we'll be discussing the Abbott Libre 2, and I was wondering if you could tell us what are some of the differences between the Freestyle Libre and the Freestyle Libre 2, please.
1: So there are some small but significant differences between the first and second models, Jan. They look the same and attach in the same way, but some of the features are new. So, the optional alarms is the biggest change, and this is what makes Libre 2 a CGM, or continuous glucose monitoring device. There's not a reader readily available to use with the Libre 2, unlike the Libre 1, unless you are eligible for the NDSS CGM study subsidy. And that sort of means that a smartphone now is the only way for most people to use the Libre2. Thank
0: you for that. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the scanning process. As you mentioned, Libre2 can be scanned with a smart mobile phone. Are there certain mobile devices compatible with the Libre 2 and what if someone has an older phone or they don't have a mobile phone at all, like a child?
1: Yes, Abbott are strongly encouraging all people who use Libre 2 to scan with their smartphone. Readers have very limited availability and only for those who are eligible for NDSS funding. So, this can be helpful for young children who are eligible and using libre Tomb for whom a smartphone isn't really a viable option. Um, smartphones, do need to be not too old and Abbott have got a really helpful compatibility list on the Libre website that people can check out if they're not sure about their particular phone. In general though, an iPhone 7 or newer with the iOS 13.2 or higher software and an Android 7.1 or higher should be fine. The thing that smartphones need to have is near-field communication, or NFC, and this is what enables the data to be transferred between and paired with the sensor and the phone app. It's a little bit like Bluetooth, but a bit more upmarket technology.
0: Fair enough. Um, and I wonder, could you... Um- Mention for us, how often do you need you need to scan uh, your device to obtain complete data?
1: So this hasn't changed between the two versions, and it still means at least once every eight hours you need to scan the device. Most people don't have a problem with doing this, especially during the day. But overnight is the most common time when we can see small gaps in the data. And that often means that you're getting more than eight hours sleep, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Many people (laughs) are often scanning between 20 or even 30 times a day. And there's a novelty value aspect to using such devices, which means that people are actually choosing to look at their glucose levels much more often than they might have been able to do previously. Sounds sounds good. Libre2
0: is not a flash glucose monitor, but instead it's a continuous glucose
1: monitor. And I'm wondering if you can explain what that actually means. It's actually not that complicated because the feature of alarms is what makes it a continuous monitor of glucose levels rather than the previous flash version, which didn't have alarm capabilities. The sensor of Libre 2 measures glucose levels every minute. So it's on and available and tracking glucose all the time. So, I I
0: guess uh, what you're saying, there's no need to calibrate with fingerprints, not even when there's a suspected low blood glucose or rapidly changing blood glucose. Is this correct?
1: So, calibration checks, Jan, are generally to confirm the accuracy and Libre has always been factory calibrated and Libre 2 is no different so fingerpricks are not needed for this particular purpose however it is still recommended to do finger prick checks in some situations where a blood glucose confirmation might be needed and an example of this might be a hypoglycemic event and the recovery from that hypo in particular. When glucose is changing rapidly in these sorts of circumstances, the sensor can often struggle momentarily to capture the glucose level and this is when a finger prick could be helpful when you can't necessarily wait or it's better to know exactly what that glucose level is right here and now. Fair enough. Thank you for clarifying that.
0: Um, I'm wondering if you could briefly explain the difference between blood glucose and interstitial glucose and how long the lag time of blood glucose read and interstitial blood glucose with the Libre 2, please.
1: So, the sensor for Libre2, the glucose readings come from the interstitial fluid and that's a thin layer of fluid that surrounds the cells of the tissues below your skin and it doesn't come from the blood in the small capillaries, which is what a fingerprint check uses. So, fingerprint Blood glucose readings and interstitial fluid sensor glucose readings won't always match exactly. And in fact, we expect them to be slightly different. As the Libre devices have evolved, so has the accuracy and the lag time has become less. So that lag time, what is it? you asked. Well, the lag time refers to the fact that blood glucose levels are always a few minutes ahead of interstitial glucose levels. And this is due to the way that the body fluids move around and between various cell types. So, when glucose levels are stable, there's very little difference between blood and interstitial glucose levels. When glucose is changing rapidly, then there is likely to be a difference between those two measurements. This difference often concerns people and can cause a lack of confidence and trust in the results. Sometimes people need a little bit more explanation about this particular concept. And there's a really helpful video on the Libre website that can be easily accessed that uses a train with carriages going up and down a hill to help demonstrate this concept in a visual way. And that's a really helpful resource that both people with diabetes can easily access and the health professionals that are working with them.
0: Thanks for that again, Karen. I'm just wondering if you could tell us what is the benefit of the directional arrow and can you give us any examples of when this was helpful? Oh, I love
1: those direction or trend arrows because they give (laughs) an indication exactly of that, the direction that glucose is going and how fast it is changing. Sometimes there's actually no arrow at all that's displayed, and that's a situation where the glucose is likely to be changing too fast to actually capture via the sensor, usually only for a short period of time. And an example of when directional arrows could be helpful um, might be when someone's getting in the car to start driving. So if the glucose level is saying six millimoles per litre and the trend arrow is pointing straight down, then this would indicate that the glucose level is dropping quite quickly. And in order to be safe while driving, it would be advisable to probably eat some additional carbohydrates before setting off on the trip. This is also a time. Then perhaps having that low alarm set to five point five could add another safety alert measure. Because we need to remember that blood glucose should be above five millimoles for safe driving. Thanks for that. Now you
0: mentioned uh, alarms, and uh, I'd like to perhaps let's talk, have you talk about those now. Are the alarms fully customized? customizable and if so what's the benefit of this?
1: So alarms are the newest feature and what makes it CGM as we mentioned earlier and they are said to be customizable but this is not always something that's easy to achieve in practice. Many people using the Libre 2 and the alarm feature describe the alarms as being very loud and find that the volume can be tricky to adjust because it corresponds with the volume settings within the phone. And sometimes it takes a bit of tweaking to get it right and not to be alerting you at a huge, huge volume at say two o'clock in the morning, which isn't always everyone's cup of tea. We recommend setting the alarm volume when setting it up or testing the alarm volume when you're setting it up to start with. So doing something like setting the alarm to the number that's close to the current glucose reading that you're at as a bit of a test and that can help you to get a bit of a, an awareness of what the alarm volume is um, and then adjust it as needed. One of the tricky things about the customisation is that it doesn't appear to be possible to change the alert tone type on the phone. So that's an, an aspect that isn't so readily customisable but the alarms will override a do not disturb setting that you have on your phone. And there's also a signal loss alarm if the sensor and phone are too far apart. And that's usually greater than six metres.
0: Fair enough. Thank you for that. I was wondering if you could tell us about Link Up.
1: Link up, right? So Libre Link is the name of the phone app that contains all the scanning and glucose data. In fact, about ninety days worth. Libre Link up enables some of that data to be shared from the user's primary phone with others that they choose, like parents. So the receiver only receives the actual glucose readings and trend arrows when a scan is done. But they do also receive alarm alerts though. The full glucose data records are not part of what is shared via the Libre link up part of the app. But you can stop sharing and receiving information at any time. So you can turn it on and off as you please.
0: Fair enough. Thank you for that one. Uh, the last question I had for you today is around the Libre 2 is, as we know, TGA approved for people aged four years or older. But I was wondering if you could tell us more about the NDSS subsidy for the Libre 2.
1: Yeah, the, the TGA approval is for four years and older, and the NDSS provide subsidised/slash free sensors for some eligible groups, but only those with type 1 diabetes. So children and young people under the age of 21 years with type 1 diabetes, people with type 1 diabetes 21 years or older who have a valid concessional status, women with type 1 diabetes who are actively planning a pregnancy who are pregnant or immediately post-pregnancy after the baby's been born. And children and young people who are under 21 years old with conditions very similar to type 1 diabetes and who require insulin. So that's not everybody who could benefit from this CGM technology. And there are many people with type 1 and type 2 diabetes on insulin who self fund their use of Libre2 so hopeful that the government will expand these eligibility criteria to benefit even more people in the very near future for whom such glucose monitoring technology is not just helpful but essential. Great thank you for that
0: Karen and thank you once again for your time it really has been great to talk to you today and to catch up again. Yes indeed thanks for having me Jen. Pleasure. And finally, I'd like to also thank those of you listening for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And to obtain CPD credit for the podcast, please go to the ADEA Learning Management System at learning.adea.com.au and complete a feedback evaluation. So until next time, it's goodbye and thank you.